welcome to a brand new episode of the internet's most hated mafia-themed geek podcast, the Long Coat Mafia podcast. It is I, the Reverend Godfather, a.k.a. the Martinsburg Madman, a.k.a. this show's main host and frontman, where we once again bring you another episode in the continuing saga of getting our groove back with Sasha, the Princess of Darkness herself, in her quest to reboot her podcast. In this episode, we talk about Dead Island 2, the writer's strike, and the rumors and possibility of a Beetlejuice sequel. Now, because we have a about an hour and a half limit in recording with the software that Sasha uses. Stay tuned to after the episode for kind of an extended review of Dead Island 2. So please stick around. And as I've been saying for the past couple of episodes, cue the music. Shock and Terror with Sasha, the Princess of Darkness, and Chris, the Martinsburg Madman in... Sasha After Dark, the podcast of darkness, reboot. Kaleidos, I'm bored. What plaything do you have for me today? The something strange coming out of the SK system, ma'am. Seems a popular it appeared. Oh, it is a weird bunch of people, ma'am. Apparently, they have issues with what is known as wagged, and it is not from an animal they refer to as a dog. In this case, wag is stands for the writer's Guild, writers associated guild are not exactly sure. The humans are a strange people, ma'am. So, let's get into the whole issue behind what's going on with uh, the writers guild. Uh, folks, if you haven't heard by now, the writers guild is on strike. And it's been on strike, what, for the past two weeks now, Sasha? Yeah, about two weeks, three weeks now. About two, something like that. And it, from what I've been hearing, it's going to be on strike until possibly November, if not November the latest, if not until the end of the year. And the dominoes are starting to fall in regards to it, meaning... Folks, you haven't really, if you don't really have your ear to your, to the ground that is Hollywood, like me and Sasha tend to have, um, there's a lot of writers and a lot of directors that, I wouldn't say writers, there's a lot of actors and a, a lot of directors that are also part of uh, the Writers Guild. Because if you write something a lot or write a lot of episodes in Hollywood, a lot of movies, you're, you also have to join the Writers Guild or the Writers Union. Yep. So if you're someone like Seth McFarlane, like him, hate him, other, uh, who is a not just a director and a show creator, he's also a the writer of the episodes for Family Guy and American Dad. He's also an actor, so he belongs to three guilds. He's 
he belongs to the Writers Guild, the Screen Actors Guild, and, and the Directors Guild. And right now, the Writers Guild's on strike. And to show solidarity, I think I saw the one article saying that because Seth MacFarlane is showing solidarity for the those at the Writers Guild, he's stepping back from Family Guy and American Dad as a showrunner. He still wants to act, but from what I've seen, and one it's just a headline I have to look at if I was able to do laundry today like I was supposed to. Um, I would have gotten into that article to see more, but the way it made things seem, I'll put it like that, that the places airing American Dad and Family Guy are, in essence, canceling both shows indefinitely. So take that as you will. And because of the... The whole thing stems from streaming meaning for those who don't know this or don't again not like me and sasha when best way to describe it is with screen actors guild if you watch a show on tv i'm not talking netflix um paramount plus disney plus i'm talking about abc nbc cbs uh usa tnt something original on those stations if me and Sasha appeared on a TV show that aired on broadcast TV, we would be part of the Screen Actors Guild. Not only would we be paid for that episode, but every time that episode gets aired somewhere on this planet You'll through broadcast TV, we'll get residuals. Uh, sometimes it might start out as, uh, I, yeah, I'm probably going high or low depending on uh, if you are a major actor uh again let's say let's go with a major actor i want to go with keanu reeves i think keanu reeves is a cool guy for the most part uh keanu reeves might get a thousand dollars if he gets started on a show and each time that show gets played over the years it goes from a thousand dollars to maybe 900 to 800 to 500 to 400 to 100 then 50 then maybe about 10 years late later from now he's going to get like five bucks and change uh same thing goes for again with me and sasha we might get a hundred bucks first couple of times 10 years from now we're getting a couple maybe a buck 50 but when it comes to streaming where on an episode that me and sasha a tv says episode uh let's go with like ncis if we appear on ncis if that episode appears anywhere in the u.s or the world on network TV or cable TV, we could get 50 bucks from residuals where it, when it finally hits Netflix, Paramount or whatever streaming service, we're just getting $5 50 cents. Same thing happens with the writers guild and the other guilds as well. You're not getting enough that it's discounted heavily and the writers are like wait a minute if we write uh, an episode for network tv we're getting maybe five ten grand and yet when we write that's for just one show 
for us to get that amount for a streaming show, whether it be Disney Plus, Netflix, or Hulu, or Apple TV, we're only getting a grand for one show. We have to do 10 shows to get the same amount of money we would for network TV. And plus the residuals are even lower. I mean, if it goes from Netflix to um, Voodoo, let's use Stranger Things. You could buy Stranger Things on Voodoo. Same thing with um, uh, Chuck, the uh, Charles Play series. Chucky, I think it is. Or it's Charles, Child's Play. Yeah, Chucky. Chucky. Uh, you could, if it's on Shutter and it goes to Voodoo, it, you, that rider is not getting the same amount of money. Uh, they're not getting where they're getting $1,000 to write the episode for, let's say, if it appeared on Shutter. As soon as it goes to Tubi or Voodoo, they might get only 20 bucks. They want more. They want something a little bit higher. They're not probably not asking for another thousand dollars, but they're they want something more than what they could. They're getting. To simplify it, it's basically the fact that things are changing in the way that we watch and access our media, and writers just want to make sure they get the same shake, but. I think, and this is me, I'm, I'm here I am on the side with the studios and the streaming companies. Um, unlike when something's broadcast on TV, like back in the day where you were subject to those channels that you had and that's it, you can watch whatever you want now whenever you want, but not everybody is watching it with you. So as a result, when you're a streaming company, you're going to need to have some sort of bulk price for that being on your service. Because otherwise, it would be hard to keep track of each individual view and then pay per view to that particular actor, studio, etc. In theory, that would be the practical way of doing it, but it would wind up being more complex than what it would need be. Because with broadcast television, you're transmitting a signal that nobody can alter other than change the channel and watch something else. But with streaming, you could be watching Perfect Strangers while I'm watching Northern Exposure. Um, but it doesn't mean that because I'm watching Northern Exposure just that once, then it's on the streaming service available for anybody to use it, but not everybody's watching it, that they're going to get the same price as they did as broadcast the market is changing. And as a result, not only the actors are trying to make sure they get a fair shake, but the studios and the broadcast companies and the streaming services are kind of like, look, not everybody's watching this all at the same time. You know, not a lot of people are deciding to watch Family Matters at the same time, hence why we're not going to pay extra for this particular episode. Um, so they got to come up with a bulk rate if they carry those episodes. And that's where I think a lot of the befuddlement comes from is because when something's broadcast and transmitted, you have little control over it than other than changing the channel. And whereas with streaming as the end user, the person consuming the media, so to speak, you can pick and choose what you're watching and when you're watching it. And that's where the problem comes into play. You have a, a mass of people that are getting force-fed this content versus the individual who can watch it whenever they want. And obviously, everybody wants to make sure that, A, 
they're getting their fair cut, but the studios are kind of like, why am I going to pay $500 for this one episode if that's not an episode that's being watched all the time? It's, I get where you're coming from, but there's also, there's, I'm citing more so the writers and everybody else. It, some of the issues that I've been hearing that some some folks are at least coming through my my end of things is that one places like Netflix, Apple TV, uh, Disney Plus, what they're doing is they're hiring instead of hiring maybe five people to do the show, they're hiring. I'm not going to go down the road. Oh, they're hiring people that don't know the product, you know, what have you and like that. That's, that's a different argument for a different time. But what they're doing is of hiring five people for an atypical series, whether it be the Mandalorian or stranger things or whatever these streaming services are coming up with, they're hiring 15 people. Because they, for whatever reason, they're they're just tossing money at at it, and because they have fifteen people on this, they're also the places like Netflix, Apple TV, um, or whatever. They're like, why do we have to shove out more for this? Because it, it's one you you want some of the, at least some of the commentators I'm listening to and watching on YouTube. They're saying you want these fifteen people. You're hiring these fifteen people because depending on the program you're being told you need x in order to qualify for this particular award you need x number of type of insert type of person or you need you know whatever where there and that's what you're doing and all of a sudden now the fits hitting the fan so to speak and you're saying it's not you have to do this you have it's like we don't have the money well you're the one that screwed yourselves over <laughs> and, and i can understand that point because that's what they did not to mention with this strike going on and the potential of the uh directors guild going uh, going on strike and the screen actors guild going on a strike and instead of a lot of these streaming services, from what I heard, um, we heard, I think, earlier this year, HBO doing it. Uh, now Disney's doing it. Uh, heck, I think HBO might have done I'll say this. HBO either did it late last year or early this year. Is that when they just decided, you know what? We're not releasing any more stuff, and we're, we're pulling half our crap, meaning half the cartoons and half the other stuff that was on HBO Plus got pulled. And we, didn't, we, we saw, I think it was early this year, Guess what? Catwoman, though it's filmed, we're not releasing it. So we spent $100 million on a project no one's going to, ever going to see. Disney Plus is now saying, or Disney saying, hey, guess what? All that content on Disney Plus, we're removing a sizable chunk of it and putting it in our vault. My thoughts on this is how I might be, we might differ on this, is that, wait a minute, you're having a writer strike. Folks are going to get hungry for content. You have a streaming service available to you for more people to write, to watch. Yet, 
and I'll put, I'll use this as the mask as the tinfoil hat. I'll put it on in a way by saying there could be a reason why some of these corporate companies, streaming companies from Disney, Apple, HBO, that are pulling a bunch of the content. If they have to pay writers not so much by view, or I should say, if, let's say, go with your argument, uh, for every 50,000 views on a, during a quarter uh, period, three-month period, four-month period, you get 100, like 50 bucks or whatever. We'll do it that way. Let's pull all these shows and shelve them and put them in a vault. Oh, we're saving money. The per, then the people that lose, it's a not a win. It might be a win for the studios, but it's a losing game for the viewers. That might be that might be like you and I that have cut, and plus everybody else has cut the cord because hey, we want to have a fit of nostalgia and watch maybe uh, the original Muppets on you know Disney or watch the classic '90s X Men show on Disney or watch something on, you know, uh, on HBO plus or Hulu or something like that. It's not there because it's hiding. They don't want to pay the writers because, Oh, we just, we, uh, the writer strike. We don't want to give them enough, all that money. They want more money. Why should we pay them? But this is where we, you and I can agree on. There is one other winner in this, the independent creator. Folks like EPG, and um, and, and, and one thing folks like you and I forget about is the fact that during a writer's strike, and we've had writer's strikes. This isn't the yeah. The last one, one was ever. like uh, uh, we've had last one was like two thousand eight, I think it was. Right. At least that's what I've been hearing. But we we have them about every ten years. Like some of the best stuff in the eighties came out during writer's strikes. Because Hollywood took a We risk. got Survivor thanks to the uh, – we got um, a Survivor and I think American Idol from Rider Strikes too. Some of the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. Uh, granted, yes, not a good example. But most of them, especially after uh, the Dream Warriors, was all Rider Strikes. Every last one. So the content was still getting pushed out. Um, because the studios were hiring scabs and there's nothing wrong with that. It gets new people in. Um, don't get me wrong. Unions are great, but we're now in a world where it's completely changing. Broadcast is not the same thing as it used to be. Um, cause now we have it, streaming and streaming companies. Are it's not, but turn into cable companies now. And I think that's why the guilds are getting upset because they're seeing the exact same thing that happened in the 80s happening now with streaming. Because I don't know if you've seen Verizon's latest advertisement of, hey, you pay us X amount a month and you get all of these extra channels for cheap and you can choose your package. And I'm just sitting there like, that sounds like cable. And we did all of this to get away from cable. And, I mean, I hate to say it, but physical media, it's always going to be there for you, you know? And that, um, that's, yeah, granted, physical media is always there. You and I could both get stuff at pawn shops, Walmart, granted, Walmart plus pawn shops, and plus going through independent creators. 
uh, I think we can agree. It's like, though we both hear from those who support cable and dish type aspects or that as that way of thinking, oh, streaming costs just as much as cable. I'll be the first one. Uh, I take it again, though I, I've been doing this with you for the past couple of weeks. I take it. You don't care if I curse a lot. No, no. And this would be a good spot to put in our intro. Dramatic. Pause. <laughs> but still, with uh, those who've been, I talk to this. Well, stream, uh, streaming now costs as much as cable. Fuck. I tell them flat out, fuck you. Fuck you. If you're oh, paying the same amount. More than cable did. I hate to say it. Because with. Uh, that's because they keep jacked. My my cost right now is about the same as a base cable package, mm-hmm. base, base. Uh, despite what Netflix is planning on doing with sharing passwords, but if I go with what I am paying for, paying for, I pay for Netflix. I pay for Disney Plus. But here's the thing. That's it. This is what that's it always upset me about the streaming cycle in and of itself. Streaming when it first happened. Okay. And I'm old as fuck. I might be a little road rashy and a little aged looking at the moment, but say la vie. Um, but when streaming started, it was a free service along with your Blockbuster service and along with your Netflix service. When Netflix was still mail order discs, it was free. And it wasn't like movies, like as soon as they came out, you were getting them, but they were fairly popular movies, things of that nature. And it was kind of like going to the library. Just should the library have to pay all these extra residuals every time somebody checks out Labyrinth? Um, should the library pay every time Clive Barker is checked out? You know, um, and library is pretty much free. And the problem is, is that when streaming kind of became bigger, that's when they started kind of saying, well, we got to charge more for it because people were using it more. And that's where the problem started. I mean, I won't lie. And what we kind of cut cable to just do internet and streaming, but let me just say this: it, yeah, I I cut cable because I got sick and tired of paying for. If I wanted to watch Walking Dead, I had to pay X uh, Comcast Xfinity an extra forty bucks a month. To get another channel package just to get AMC. And this is the thing with the problem with cable and the problem with streaming. If the popular channels, let's say the popular channels are AMC, Cartoon Network, because of Rick and Morty, and TNT. Even though I think TNT is owned, TNT and, and AMC are owned by the same people. But I'm just saying, if those three channels have popular programs on them a company like xfinity could put each one of those stations on a separate package to pay more whereas 
someone like myself could tell Xfinity, fuck you, I'll just go with an internet service, pay for Netflix and wait until that show appears on Netflix at the end of the, after about two months after it comes out on DVD. Therefore, I'm saving myself 15, not just a hundred dollars, $120, $140 for your complete package to have those three channels. I'm paying $15 a month. But here's where the problem that. comes in. Here's where the problem comes in. And this is what the cable companies used to like to do to people too. Very few cable companies offered a la carte with their bundles. And a la carte meaning you can pick whatever channels you want for that 10 packet like you could have five premium or 10 standard you know what i mean right. very rarely did they allow that because the bundles they only included certain things and so you would have to have more than one bundle to get everything that you wanted because rare was the situation that everything that you wanted was covered in one bundle the streaming bundles are doing that now too um consider the whole thing with espn disney and hulu yeah that's great but you know what if you want to watch the last of us what if you want to watch something on showtime well they're all part of separate bundles you're screwed you know um and warner brothers warner brothers now has cartoon network tnn tbs um boomerang tv land tnt it's all Warner Brothers. Yeah, that's what that's. I think that was what was going on with um, HBO. They got rid of a whole mess of stuff that was on Cartoon Network and on their platform. You can't find that those programs anymore. You have to pirate those programs because I think HBO uh, was Warner Brothers was selling off a bunch of their um, networks, and for whatever reason, they said, "You know what." You can't, we're not, because we're doing this, not, you're not going to be able to watch it no more. But like I was saying, for me, my cost is maybe on the yearly basis about the same as roughly a, a basic cable, about 40 bucks a month on average. Maybe if a little bit higher, if I want, you know what? I want to see, I want a season pass this season's NCIS or this season's Bar Rescue. Yeah, that's going to go up, but I have I could go on PlayStation Network, I could go on my Xbox, uh, Xbox Live, I could go on Voodoo, I could season pass Bar Rescue or NCIS, my favorite show, if it's available, to be season passed. But then again, you have a few shows that you have to go through, as you said, go through a streaming service in order to get. Meaning, like when Futurama comes out later this year, it's Hulu only. I won't be able to season pass it until probably next year. Uh, like Chucky, uh, or the let's go with shows like Chucky, The Boys, and a few others. Heck, I think even Netflix does it with um, Stranger Things. Yes, it comes out on the streaming services, 
But if you don't have Netflix, you can't watch Stranger Things. You have to wait until it comes out either on DVD or you're able to buy it through Vudu or Amazon. At the end of the day, this is going to make things worse because the Writers Guild, the strike, the whole nine yard, the directors hopping into it. Because now the streaming companies are going to be like, hey, they're either going to put a cap on how much you get paid. Like, for example, if Netflix optioned a series or even had a retro series on there, they're only going to pay X amount for that series. If it's not one of their homebrewed, one of their own things, you know, they're only going to pay that flat fee. They're not going to want to pay per view because that may be hard to calculate you know and then even if they had to pay per view you know it's going to up regular membership fees it's just going to cave in on itself um so honestly it's it's one of these things and it's stupid of the guilds and the unions to do what they're doing because i'm going to be frank they didn't think they didn't future proof their agreements they thought that the broadcast and the cable systems were always going to be the way things were. And the thing, the sad, sad thing about that, a lot of the broadcast networks, whether it be ABC, NBC, whomever, even Fox, they still clash on to the old, the old ways. Meaning you could have a successful show. Let's use Rick and Morty. It's successful. We can agree with that. At least for now, it's successful. Where uh, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, still looks at Nielsen ratings. They, that's all they see is Nielsen ratings. Yet you and I could watch it the day after it airs on Hulu. And we could buy it the day after on Vudu, if we so wish. We have the money. It's only on uh, HBO Max. And it's also on HBO Max. No, it's I don't only know if it on HBO Max, apparently. No, I, I, uh, I was able to watch it the day after on Hulu. Okay. So, the that being said, they're not doing anything about it. I mean, they're like, they could say, hey, this, uh, when it comes out, it could be a while. People are talking about it. You're talking about it. I'm talking about it. Everybody's talking about it at work. There could be a hundred. I'm going to go extremely big on this. A hundred million people in the United States talking about this week's episode of Rick and Morty. I'm, I'm trying to make a point with me, folks. Please go with me. But according to the Nielsen ratings, it would get a point five. That is a half a million people saw this week's saw this week's episode. If so, but yet fifty million people could have watched it on Hulu, combination of Hulu, uh, and HBO, and got it on Vudu. But Adult Swim and Warner Brothers will tell you we don't go by those numbers. We go by the Nielsen numbers. It's it's shitty. We're canceling it. Yeah. And it happened to hockey. I, I remember that to this day. This was I was living here in Martinsburg at the time. The NHL came off a strike. They 
had their first game. It literally, that game, according to the Nielsen ratings, had a zero rating. Literally, it had a like, according to Nielsen, nobody watched it. Nielsen's a fucked up way of uh, measure a metric anyway, because it's people with a box attached to their TV, attached to their cable box. So if they don't watch, they're, apparently those people are not watching, yet 50 million people, 100 million people could be watching hockey at any given time. It's still a flawed system, and that's what a lot of these corporations are going by. And a lot of corporations regards to streaming, heck, Netflix refuses to share numbers. Disney refuses to share numbers. Uh, for what I hear is like, hey, it could be the worst episode that dropped on Disney or whatever, depending on who you want to listen to uh, on YouTube. They can say, hey, no, from what we've been hearing on uh, Insider, uh, certain insiders that work for Disney, Hulu, or whatever, it wasn't the best, but Disney, Apple TV is saying, it's the best episode ever. It has our highest you know, watch rate ever. Didn't release numbers. No, we're not going to do that. But the thing of it is... And I still say... At the end of the day, the guilds, the studios, everybody else needs to get back to the bare basics of contracts. And this is what the contract says. This is what we're agreeing on. This is what you're getting paid. And those contracts should be like with anything with a union. Have a renewal period. Every three years, the terms of that contract is reexamined. And then the union and the studios are going to have to discuss how that's going to work out. And you're going to have your union members vote on certain aspects and they're going to get what they can get. And the studios are going to get what they can get and things work. And if they don't, I'm still going to have a strike. But Hollywood never operated that way before. And I hate to say it was streaming. They're going to have to start doing that if they want streaming to remain viable. But the way it looks nowadays with the streaming companies getting more and more greedy because Netflix basically, and I want to say this was a while back where they released a report basically saying, oh yeah, consumers will complain about this change, but we'll slowly work it in and they won't notice and give a fuck because where else are they? Not to, hey, not to mention, let's put it, though um, it's not just that, the 2020 or whatever for everything that happened in 2020, they the streaming companies from Apple TV to Netflix saw a big bump because mm -hmm. everybody was locked inside. They got everything went to their egos, and so it, and with the writers and the studio and all that, everything else too. That's and why everybody's scrambling for the pie. Now everybody's going back to the theaters. Uh, Netflix lost uh, a butt ton of subscribers. It just came out with over the past week or so that Disney, whether it's Disney Plus entirely or over Disney, Hulu, ESPN, they lost two close to 2.5 million subscribers over the past week and a half to, you know, whenever. 2.5 million. And the thing is, if they keep, for whatever reason, price, quality of content, toss a 
start at the excuse part. They lost subscribers. A lot of these places are losing subscribers. People are going out more. They're not locked inside. So that means either they have to spend less, which we could probably agree on, but they want to still shovel money into the burner and eventually they're going to fail. Yeah. Heck, I'm sure you've been hearing that Blockbuster might be making a comeback. I've heard that rumbling for a while. I don't really see but it happening. The thing is, I'm still going to push the fact that you have, guess what, folks? Indie creators are out there. The indie creators, I know it sounds greedy, will still love to have your money. They're, whether in this area, in my area, Sasha's area, again, I'll name them EPG, uh, sl uh, Slasher 15. Uh, uh, there's one with the key in this title, Key 15, I think it is. Yes. Uh, Darkstone. Uh, I'm just, I'm, we might not agree in regards to how the, a lot of these folks to may operate because I heard you scoff. But I'm just saying, you have yeah, these independent creators. Key, I was like, yeah. But still, uh, I'm trying to make a make a you know, regards to independent creators. Uh, like them, hate them, whoever. I'm just saying, those are independent creators. They're putting out their – they would love to, for you to support them. And they're putting out original content on an annual basis. They're, they're trying, and there's a lot of potential there. And they would be happy that you – it's like, hey, we don't want more reality TV shows. Fine, go to – but we don't want the best way you could do it is to – Give, donate to their Indiegogos, uh, support them, because the more money they have in their pocket, the more quality they get. Better. Uh, look at again. I want to use David Kerr as an example. He's up to fifty grand for his slasher, slasher nurse campaign, his remake. The more money they get gets in his pocket, the better off that movie is. Bring either celebrities, you know, back for reshoots if need be. It's more money for him to play around with. And this is and a good time for indie creators. Plus, period. us too. And us I'm not, too. And I'm not saying to be a scab, but be a scab. Because the Hollywood industry blows. And the way that it operates sucks. Because, I mean, I hate to say it. Look at how modern movies are made nowadays. They're not made the way that they used to be. That's why, you know, me and Chris kind of back indie creators. They don't have a, a, a panel afterwards discussing what did and didn't work with the, the movie with a consensus. And then make changes based on that panel or that test demo. Um, Hollywood does that crap all the time. That's why if you're tired of the way Hollywood's doing things, you know, stop supporting Hollywood. You know, um, you really want to see that new movie, you know, and you don't feel like waiting for streaming or anything of that nature. Go out and buy a DVD or even better, as terrible as it makes me sound, the Bay will always welcome you. Yeah. Yeah, talk to Uncle Tony. He has a bunch of stuff that falls off the back of the truck every time. Sometimes, so. you know, you got to pull up that ski mask and show the corporate schlubs you're not going to take it anymore. We'll still consume your content. You're just not going to get a dime of it because we're, a lot of people are tired of paying through the nose for cable. A lot of people were tired of paying through the nose for streaming, especially when streaming is putting all these arbitrary rules down for the end user where it's like, 
you can't share your password or you can't do this or you can't do that. And to me, it's like, you guys are just getting greedy. Um, and it really upsets me with places like Disney when they start to do that, and especially Netflix, because there's certain stuff that you can only access through them currently. Like right now, I've forever been waiting to see when the, you know, Prey is going to hit Blu-ray. There is no official release date for it at this time. Anything that you see is either a third party party or a pirate. Um, because basically Disney is setting on that at Hulu, hoping that you maintain your subscription free fees so you can watch it. Um, same way with Stranger Things. When it first came out, we were getting regular DVD and Blu-ray releases. Yeah, that's not happening anymore. Um, so they're kind of cornering the market on that. And that's why I say to people like, hey, you know, at some point they could completely pull the plug and you're not going to have access. Or heaven forbid something happens to the cloud or the streaming service, you're not going to have access and you're going to wish you had that disc. I mean, name me one streaming service that has Casablanca on it right now that's not a library or a free service. You know, if you really want to watch I'll, Casablanca, I'll, 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 good I'll, luck. It's not just, yeah, I'll put like that, folks. Indie creators want your want your attention, want your funds. You ask your geeky friends. Ask your geeky friends. They know where to find this shit. And it's they not all trash. They'll hook you up. And it's not all trash. Yeah, you're gonna have trash. Some of it, it is awesome trash. Um, but the fans are doing it better than half the studios. Like right. I'd say and no. it's not just that. It's like I'm not just talking about folks like EPG. I want to. I want to say EPG and Darkstone. EPGs put out content. We we know George. Yeah, they're good. Um, uh, EPG. But go with go with podcasts. Go with YouTubers because they they have great content too. Granted, they could be considered scabs too because they there a lot of folks. Like him, hate him, whatever. Uh, I know he's has some drama going on behind him. Like angry video game nerd. Yet he had put does skits. He does reviews. What you you could find stuff like this out there. It, it's there. Um, I have to get back into listening to more podcasts. Who do I listen to right now on Google Play, which is free by any? by the way, and a lot of podcast 95% of podcasts out there are freaking free. I'm listening to Mr. Creepypasta, who does a lot of creepypasta readings. I'm always, I'm walking around all the place, so I want, it's kind of hard to read a book while you're walking. He reads... I've been, I've been and I think it's interesting, because I hit up the person who does this recently, and they want to have me on the show to discuss Alien. Um... I, oh, I saw you watch Alien. I saw you watch it. Yeah, I, well, I still got to continue movie. watching it. Because um, I'm taking notes as I go. Um, but I'm, I've am i been listening to this uh, podcast. It just popped up on Instagram a couple days ago called the Trans Cinematic Universe Podcast. Hosted by a, a trans guy. Um, and basically they look at films and not just queer films, not just trans films, but films in general 
where characters have a very strong journey or something with character development that somebody from my community might be able to use. Like with me and Alien, I mean, come on. I mean, the reason why Ripley survives is, is she becomes the most masked uh, character in that whole damn movie. Um, kind of like how Predator, you know, in order for Arnie to survive, he becomes the most femme character with all the running and hiding. Whereas with Ripley, it's like, fuck this, give me a flamethrower, let's go find this fucker, you know? And it's, it's that, nice. That's just, a lot of, it's what I brought up on my show many years ago because you've kept hearing about Oh, th we, this is, um, heck, uh, she had drama hit her, uh, what's her name from the Hunger Games? And she's like, oh, it's the first female action figure. And you, you had folks like you and me just start laughing their ass off coming out of the woodwork. Because we're like, wait a minute, what about, what's her name who played Sonya uh, back in the 80s? That's a female action. What about, you know, this person, this person? What about Linda Hamilton from Terminator? What about Sigourney Weaver from Alien? What about, you know, you've had strong female. What about Linda Carter from the 1980s? The first Wonder Woman herself. Hunger you Games know, already these had tons of problems. All Hunger Games was I, I'm a, just, a ripoff of Battle Royale. Uh, but... We could agree on that because when she came out and said, "Hey, well, it was the first female," I'm like, like, dude, it's like, bitch, please, man. You know, it's like, heck, before you, I could name three actresses that were in an action movie. Oh, by the way, it was star. It's called the. Came out in like '99. She did a lot of action roles. Yeah, Ferris. I was like, if you want to do Martin, Charlie's Angel, starring. Lynn, uh, Lucy Liu, Drew Barrymore, and what's your name? Yeah, <laughs> that came out that. in like 2000. Uh, oh, I loved it. Shut up, <laughs> shut up. Just because I love Lucy Liu, quiet. <laughs> that was a horrible movie. Horrible, but I enjoyed it. Um, but I, I'm, but, I'm stuck yeah. on Farrah Fawcett. So. <laughs> <laughs> to each their own, but th there have been female. Uh, wait, what was her name? I think her name's Grace Jones. Oh yeah, um, she's Gary. Uh, she was in like uh, she she Conan. played alongside uh, Conan the Bar. Uh, it was like the second Conan, Conan the Barbarian. It was it the sequel, mm -hmm. and she was in Double um, O Seven Octopussy. I think it was as well. Wasn't she serves to that one guy from uh, the guy who sang the Humpty song with the clock? I, I think so. But it, but we, it's the same person. She's, she's a model. She's a singer. She's an actress. She's one badass bitch, and I say that with all love and respect. And she was an action star. Oh, she might not have been the biggest action star in the eighties, but she was there. You had a lot. Of, I, mean, but still, we're. But at both the end of, of the day, you know, support indie, be a pirate. This writer strike will blow over. But all I can say to the guilds and the studios, contracts and have it so that contracts renew and change. I'm going to be generous here every three to five years. So if you and sign don't treat talent, the writers and yeah, don't treat your ta talent like shit. Yeah. And, and basically have it out with the unions every three to five years to change the terms of the contract. So I'm going to tell you now, you know, just because some of us get nostalgic for a certain movie or TV show, 
Like I'm dying to rewatch Northern Exposure and I can only find about 50% of my discs and I can't find it anywhere streaming, at least cheaply. Um, doesn't mean that everybody's suddenly going to have a kit to go watch Northern Exposure. You know? And don't be greedy about things you know just because this was popular for a period of time doesn't mean it's always going to be popular there's going to be a period of oh what is that word something something reduced returns or something of that nature you know eventually it gets lower as the time goes on and it's it's just a greedy corrupt system from the studios to the writers to everybody on down you know, and I hate to say at the moment you take penny one for your work, you've already sold out. So deal with it. And, and to kind of I know this is your your show, your dance. Um, first of all, don't mind me. I'm replying. We had on our my channel, not Sasha's. Um, I had YouTube recently uh, remove two links on two videos I had in did last year because what I tend to do, like I, if I, I clip out episodes from our chat for video and I post them on YouTube on my channel, I link the full episodes for Sasha on mine. So she gets full credit and folks could watch the full uh, episodes. What I do when I do an unboxing and review, I link the website where people, if they want to try it themselves, despite my, my review on it, my reaction, they could get it themselves. Mm -hmm. I linked the website and because their server had issues, Google and YouTube pretty much said, uh, that's, uh, that's a hacker site. And therefore it's, it's known to have hacking and phishing schemes. Yet all it was, was an issue on their back end with an update. It, they ha there was no hacking or phishing going on. And, so I've been in touch with the that particular company because they sell decent stuff. They sell good stuff. I, I'm happy was happy with what I got off of them, and they just got back to me and said, "Yeah, oh, oh, now it's like sorry for for the ordeal." Because again, YouTube attacked us. Like, don't you put that website? You do that, we're going to take away your channel. And I'm like, I talked to them through Twitter, and I was like, "Listen." Um, just to let you know, YouTube, you know, this is what YouTube sent us because we link your, you know, so folks can find your product. And they're like, oh, sorry for the ordeal. It's not their fault. Not their fault at all. This is like just YouTube and Google being a bitch. But to continue your show a little bit, to move things along. Um, and well, speaking of why, since Since you brought up YouTube, this is why I post everything to OnlyFans first. This is why yeah. anymore most of my videos go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok as long as they're under a minute or two. Um, because going to just YouTube, it's becoming too stringent. Um, going to Patreon, you have those problems now. Um, that's why I kind of like OnlyFans because very few people go to it because it's like, oh no, it might be porn. <laughs> Not everything on there is porn. Um, but you know, you got to start going new avenues to get your content. And sometimes there's nothing wrong with pulling up the ski mask and uh, having it fall off the truck on occasion. But like I said, uh, to go with a little bit of uh, nostalgia and move things on. I did pick up uh, mainly because of nostalgia and uh, 
it's a even though it's a recent release that can be found on modern day consoles in a way and it's called dead island 2 uh, i've been got a chance to play it for a while because i was a fan of the original dead island which came out oh, over 11 years ago on ps3 era yeah ps3 xbox 360 era that is pretty much, uh, depending on how you want to look at it, two generations ago, if you want to include the current gen of PS5 and Xbox Series consoles, it three at most, two or three generations ago, depending on how you want to look at things. Let me just say this. The original Dead Island was a better game, in my opinion. Literally. I just found um, it stupidly hard. And I kind of gave up after about the first hour of playing them. There, the original Dead Island is possible to play through by yourself. This time around, it's not. Because I like, gotta bring up my the original Dead Island. I kid you not. I I think I was stuck in that room for a good hour, or that hotel room that you start out in, and it was like, yeah this is boring where do i go what do i do give me some sort of objective you know the thing with that where it started to go downhill with me is that i played it yeah that i tried to play the uh remake for xbox one and i had that one xbox the current the past station and i got stuck in a certain spot because there's no repair stations and you have to rescue somebody and most of my stuff that I have is considered broken and not powerful enough and I keep getting my ass beat for one and the AI that controls the NPC that I'm supposed to help out wants to walk right in the middle of a bunch of freaking zombies and oh. fist fight everybody all and I can say like, is is that the original games made me re-pick up Reorg. And that says everything. Um, for the uninitiated, Resident Evil Operation Raccoon City. And that game had buggy AI. And to me, I, I just don't know how a, technically a third Dead Island game, even though it's Dead Island 2, um, I don't know how a third one could redeem itself. I really don't. I, the thing is, the... I don't know what the developers are thinking. It's like part of, I'll get into the, want to take 20, 12 years to get this out. There were a lot of issues. It went from, it was like Duke, um, Duke Nukem 3D that came out for the 360 many years ago. It had like one, one developer, it got handed, passed around like a $2 hooker. Uh, it, this was almost the same way. Uh, Dead Island 2 it got passed around from one studio to another. And so that's why it took 12 years to come out. GameStop, and I'll put the on the audio side of things, I'll put the GameStop clip in here. I'm going to... GameStop, I'm just giving you a call because nine years ago, you had pre-ordered Dead Island 2 for the Xbox. And it finally just released the other day. It looks like you had $5 down on it. Um, so I was curious if you were planning on still picking that up. As promised, that was the phone call from GameStop that somebody received in regards to their nine-year-old De uh, Dead Island 2 pre-order. 
Yes, it was posted up to TikTok, and now let's get back to the Dead Island review with me, the Martinsburg Madman, and Sasha, the Princess of Darkness. Sam B. from the original game does make an appearance in this in this game, but it's not the same same voice actor. Mm. They couldn't get they couldn't get Phil Lamar back in to do this. Uh, there is some good so far in this game. Some good good to the game. Like we like that. The good thing is the graphics are much better, uh, meaning that when you attack the zombies with a knife or a sword or something like that, you can they you could carve chunks out of a zombie and doing things. You could, there's also the, um, the weapon modding, uh, being able to use the environment around you, meaning you're able to pick up, uh, like big joke, uh, the, the, uh, jerry cans of water and put them near like downed electrical lines to lure zombies closer to this area. That's a booby trap. Now Meaning you could shock them with the downed, electrical wire in the water. Um, the There's a card system instead of a skill tree. I know you're, you're um, kind of protesting Borderlands, but it's instead of like Borderlands having that skill tree, it's more of a card system that you could alternate out for this. Um, it has its mix and matches for it. Uh, you're able to use voice controls for Dead Island 2, meaning if you lay down a trap for a zombie, whether it be an environmental trap, you could have, go into the game settings, turn on either through Alexa or through your PS5 or your console, uh, X, the uh, carton on the Xbox, and go, here, zombie, 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 here, zombie, 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 and the, like with um, the Alien game, that's out. Um, if the alien hears you, you try, when you try hide, it could find you. Mm -hmm. Same thing that that zombie could turn around and wander to you. Uh, but from what I heard in regards to that, you could ask the game where's a tool bench to repair my my weapons, and what the system would answer, or Alexa, if it's on the, a PC, it would go. Lowe's is 2.5 miles away. Home Depot is 1.5 miles away. Because you said tool bench. Mm -hmm. But as I, I was telling Sasha earlier, this, this game has a lot of... The, this sequel has more problems in my eyes than, than ever. One of which is two returning aspects of the game that... Uh, were kind of revolutionary in the first one, but now it's more of a problem because they compounded issues. Uh, one is the, the aspect of weapons can break. A bad idea. And you, one of the things that they compounded that is that not only can the weapons be extremely fragile, they kind of were in the first dead on. If you walk 10 feet, you can find another weapon on the ground to pick up, whether it be... Uh, a stick, a shovel, uh, or something like that, a hat rack, a coat rack. With this, the, the additional weapons are few and far between. Not to mention the tool benches to fix your weapons are 
Let me put it like this. You could probably find more diamonds than you could tool benches in this game. And the whole aspect, speaking of tool benches in regards to this game, why do I have to pay in-game currency for the tool bench? Meaning, um, like most games, whether it be uh, whatever game that you do, Mass Effect, again, sorry to bring it up, Borderlands, uh, whatever, that has in-game currency that you could loot and use that loot funds, whether it be dollars, rupees, or whatever, and use that funds at a shop. When you go in Dead Island 2, like in the first Dead Island, if you approach a tool bench to repair your weapon, mod your weapon, uh, craft an item, you are paying out of that money you find. Shouldn't my question is like, well, sh shouldn't you, <laughs> shouldn't you, that be at least free if you're modding it or crafting something? It should be free and uh, because Fallout seventy six doesn't do that. Uh, I was going to ask you because you're a big Fallout seventy six fan. Yeah, in uh, Fallout seventy six, you you get like um, now we don't want to speak too loudly because Todd Howard might hear and go, mm. <laughs> all right. Uh, it's a bad it's a bad mechanic. It's like if I craft iron, why am I paying fifty bucks for this? Is it a and bad yet, mechanic or a feature? <laughs> it they, they'll say it's a feature because you could go back outside to where the out of the safe area and grind by killing more zombies to get more more loot that might drop. Artificially so, extending the game. Right. It's it's just stupid. Not to mention you're the where in the original game you could pretty much you had this infinite backpack where if you picked up stuff you you had everything available to you in your inventory. With the sequel, you're limited to having sixteen weapons on hand. Period. That's it. Sixteen. And if you're there's no way to find more weapons or repair those weapons, you're SLR. They're taking up a spot. And therefore, you can't switch things on the fly. Yes, you could store weapons in a locker, but that locker also has 16 spots. And it, again, it hinders things. And to, I'll, again, I hate, I know you have issues with uh, Gearbox and Borderlands, but it's the best example. I don't uh, really have that whereas, many issues with them. It's more of that you don't have Kevin Hart in a Borderlands game, period. But uh, but the aspect of uh, this with Borderlands 2 and... Of, have we even heard anything new about the movie lately? That just kind of... I've heard that uh, it's in post-production, but that's about it. Uh, I heard nothing else. But for the most part, in 3... You had that safe. And then no matter what character you had created after your initial character had access to the stuff you put in that safe. And it was, you were able to at least expand that safe up to like 150 spots. Mm -hmm. Same thing with uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland. And as much as I didn't like the fact that you had to spend currency to expand those slots, but it, it's something that since money was constantly coming in, it wasn't a big issue with this. It's still that 
everything is scarce. Um, the fact that you need, I got to pull up my notes so I don't forget. I want to keep this short because we're, um, the stamina bar also makes a return. It's a bet. To me, I hate stamina bars no matter what the game. And when this game, they want to be, have you ever, uh, let me ask you this, Sasha. Have you ever played um, Left for Dead? Yes. That's what what they're trying to do with this game at times. It's like, oh, uh, uh, Back for Blood and Left for Dead are awesome. You know, are awesome. They have swarm mechanics, and they have they do a lot of swarms in this. When your weapons break constantly, and you have a stamina bar that wanders down really fast, fighting off a bunch of zombies that are attacking you, it becomes a bad mechanic, and one of the things that also the game does remember in Borderlands three that you could just turn around and out of nowhere, more psychos appear. Right. If you remember that. Yeah. Same thing happens with this. You could clear out a whole building, go back downstairs and all of a sudden there's 15 more zombies there and the doors are locked and closed. It's, it just makes things annoying. And if you pick up Dead Island 2, and then I, I pick up Dead Island 2 for the PS or uh, PlayStation, let's say you you pick it up this week, and in a month I pick it up. I can't join your game. That's stupid. There's no drop. Uh, we both have to start our games at the exact same time and play at the same exact same time. Yeah, multiplayer online games, it shouldn't matter where you start, what your level is, or your progression. Uh, at this point, they just, from now on, major game studios, hear me out here. If you've got an IP that you want to do something like this, well, just give it to Ilphonic. They know how to do it right. I mean, uh, it, you know, also they, the game has Ghostbusters, uh, Friday the 13th. They're doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I have the uh, Friday the Thirteenth and Evil Dead for at least the, uh, my Xbox side yeah. of things. I, I can understand the appeal and everything. You just need a group to play. Uh, like on the first day, Island. Ghost, yeah, true. Um, <laughs> Predator. Where in the original you could stock up on like as many uh, health kits as you can. With this, you're limited to like three health kits. That's it. Three. You can't expand that number. Whereas the original, you could, if you were able to get or make fifty med kits, you could hold that many. Same thing with uh, grenades, Molotovs, etc. This time around, they're called curveballs. Yes, you can have an, in essence infinite cur curveballs, but you have to wait until they recharge, and it takes a minute to two minutes for each one to recharge. Which, again, when there's a swarm and you have three mini-boss, bolt-sponge-type enemies, zombies, in front of you, that's going to take a while. Especially when there's you have that bolt-sponge of a zombie calling in more zombies to that location. So just and stick just, with your Dead Rising remasters and call it a day. Right. Because um, there's nothing better with than that. Like cutting down zombies with a samurai sword and restoring your health with big giant jugs of orange juice. Right. And putting on and, silly costumes. Uh, 
I doubt they're going to hear this, but uh, uh, Valve, uh, I'm dying for a rematch for Left for Dead. They'll, they'll get as right on that as, after you get your sequel to Half Life. Yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll get on that when everybody gets a sequel to uh, Half Life. But I, I enjoyed Left for Dead. Yes, it was aggravating. It was frustrating. But I knew what the game was when I walked into it, pretty much. They let you know, you're, this is what's going to happen. These are the rules. This is what we did. Okay. <laughs> that means I'm going to be uh, raging all the time. See, yeah, we I, know. I, I, I blame from I, I software. It's, it's all from software's fault because... Now everybody wants to make a game stupidly difficult, and it's like you're not from software. Don't do it. Now it's what gets me is that it, this is an issue that I've had since I'll say Borderlands, the pre sequel, and that's the aspect of let's make this a multiplayer game that, in a way. Yes, is it is it possible for a single player to play? Yes, but it's going to be so difficult that you need friends to play with it or turn on the multiplayer aspects of the game to kind of decrease the difficulty of it. And that's what sucks because not many folks at home, I doubt, any major AAA uh, game developers are going to see this, but though Sasha has a Xbox uh, Xbox One Series console, I have an Xbox Series S console. We can play, still play a lot of the same games that are available to each other. But Sasha's favorite console is a PlayStation. Mine's an Xbox. Can both of us play the same games on our PS PlayStations that we have? Yes, just that we have to have the same games. Matter of fact, I think I've helped when we were playing. Play. Uh, but for the most part, when we were playing uh, Borderlands 3 a lot, we were helping each other out right? a lot of times. And it was drop-in. Same thing when I was playing Tiny Tina's Wonderland. I was helping me and my buddy play, had to play half the game because playing it on single player, we were getting our asses whooped on single player. We had to play co-op in that. And if it wasn't for him, neither of us were to finish the damn game. Right. Because it was just too damn hard. And I think a lot of like developers out there now have forgotten the arcade experience and the couch co-op experience. Um, aside from indie devs, because indie devs really seem to be on the ball with that, like um, Re Revenge of the Shredder. You know, that's a drop-in, drop-out game. Like if I saw you and you were well into the game, I can still drop in at any point and help you with level. Just like back in the arcade days, if you were playing Dungeons and Dragons by Capcom in the arcade, I can pop in a quarter, doesn't matter where you're at, I can drop in and play with you. And I think a lot of developers have forgotten the arcade experience and what a joy it was to see a friend that's further along and you see him get stuck and you can hop in and help them out. Yeah, it's one of the 
granted, uh, I've always said I'm also when I'm because of my financial status, uh, I I'm also even though I promote indie creators, I also promote games for cheap bastards because I'm a cheap bastard. Um, that's why I like the I think it's the Cowabunga collection that's like 15 games in one. Yes, you're paying twenty, thirty dollars for it, but you're getting a shit ton of games. And like um, of the Shredders, like fifteen bucks is a digital download. Again, indie creator. Right. And plus, you have games like uh, Rare Replay, which you have like thirty plus games. Uh, yes, it's an Xbox exclusive, but you have thirty plus, you know, classic games from Rare on that, including if you get it digitally, you're getting also getting Goldeneye. So that's a value for your money. Yeah, you're paying $15, $20 for it or $30. Or even, yeah, I'm doing Xbox exclusives. Halo, the Master Chief Collection. It's 30 bucks at time. Most days, it's 30 bucks. You get four games, technically five. Four games. Uh, Halo 1, 2, 3, and 4. The reason why I say technically five is because Halo 4 came with a game add-on, which was like a kind of a uh, uh, a little uh, side mission. It was 10 levels that you played another uh, Spartan kind of exploring the area that Master Ch areas that Master Chief kind of looked at and went through. You're there to help the scientists. You're here to clear out an area. So the uh, United Space Marine Corps could come in and set up bases and do research and have archaeologists come in. It was like an extended story part of the Halo-verse. Plus, you have the DLCs, which roughly, if you add the two DLCs in, there's an extra 10 bucks. So let's say 40 bucks. You get six games, plus the uh, full add-on, all the maps, all the multiplayer and all that, plus all the whatever fan creations for uh, the Forge, plus the the Horde modes, so you're getting a shit ton for your money. And plus, granted, the Cowabunga collection, like you talked to, is PC and uh, PlayStation and Xbox. You have uh, the uh, Handsome Jack collection, plus you have the Handsome Jack collection also bundled with the Game of the Year edition, so you're getting three games plus all the DLC, for the exception of the, the Lilith add-on which is extra but still you're getting three games for maybe and you could always borderlands is constantly on sale you could get it for 30 bucks yep and that's ten dollars a game and there's always something to be said about because like right now you've got several consoles that are technically into life but nobody really wants to rush out and buy the new systems um so there's a lot of budget titles that are dropping um before the show started i mentioned to chris that there's another aliens game getting ready to drop on um the previous generation xbox and the ps4 and i'm like i just picked up fireteam what's this well there's another one coming um you know there's always budget titles that are going to be under 20 bucks um also keep in mind you're going to have um your mom and pop game resellers um best best times i've had is picking up a cheap game i had no idea about at like a, a cheap mom and pop store um like recently i picked up world war z for the ps4 yeah shitty movie but this is an interesting like squad based zombie shooter 
and it's pretty fun and it's cost me five bucks you know yeah, you can even... find cheap depending on where um i have i don't get yes i agree with sasas buying physical media if you have somebody that has a though i have a series s it doesn't have a disc drive but if you have know somebody that has a xbox one system or a ps4 that has a disc drive you could go to a place here in good old dirty burg martinsburg there's panhandle games mm -hmm. great bunch of guys they have stuff for every system from nintendo snap super nintendo wii um switch game boy uh playstation uh, Place original PlayStation, places two, three, four, and I'm sure they have stuff for five. They have controllers. When I want it, want a this does you know wear out or gets drift, including my uh Xbox controller, I go there. Yep, it's cheaper, and they have. I got my uh, they also sell geeky stuff. I got my uh, uh laminate configuration there too. Uh, they have, I know when I was picking up, uh, somebody I knew inherited the, my Xbox that had the HDMI port fizzled out on because they were able to fix it. And I told them, if you're able to fix it, fix it, wipe the hard drive, it's yours. And they're like, ooh, I can do that. And they've been having a good old time on the Xbox One series. And they said, like, I want to try Borderlands. So I went in there on my way to work, picked up Borderlands 3, um, Master Chief Collection for like eight bucks. And I have to hand it to him. So I have it. I just got to hand it to him. But yeah, like, there's always ways to do stuff on a budget. And some of these newer AAA games, like uh, before the start of the show, I mentioned to Chris about the latest uh, Jedi game that came out called Jedi Survivor. And that is still buggier than lizard shit at the moment. Um, they keep doing updates and patches. They keep finding bugs galore. Um, because they don't make games good when they first come out. You know, nowadays... It's, 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 it's not just that. It's, it's the damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario. They don't put it out, bring it out you get a game like Redfall and Jedi, uh, the current Jedi game. You know, it's buggier, it's this, there's this problem, there's that. Why did you release this so early? Yet if they delay the game people throw fit. to fix those issues, people are going, the same people that complain that when they release it early, it's buggier, has more bugs in it than rotted meat, are going to be complaining, why is this game delayed? <laughs> Yeah, it's so the same lose lose situation. Right. But it just makes me harken back to the old school game days. But being a oh, why do you think why do you think I'm playing the uh Final Fan Fantasy Pixel remaster right now on the PlayStation? Not as we're talking, but why do you think I picked it up? One, I want it. Two, nostalgia. Three, it's playing better than fucking that Dead Island. And but, um... so it's like I'm enjoying myself. Even as a budget gamer, like some of those games that came out and was poorly reviewed because they were full of bugs, you buy the game two or three years later, they probably have all the kinks worked out. 
Right. Um, they're like people when Sonic Boom, for example, came out. Um, kind of lost track of Sonic games after about Sonic 06 because that was a mess in and of itself. But um, people gave Sonic Boom a ton of crap when it first hit. Um, but if you were to pick that game up today for PS4, Wii U, Switch, or anything of that nature, um, you're going to find it runs perfectly fine. And you're going to be like, well, what were all these reviews about? And that's the benefit of being a budget gamer, because not only are you getting it at a deep discount, you probably can also get all the DLC at a deep discount, but most of the updates are already done. You know, all the game-breaking bugs are gone. Same thing, though, I brought up Red, um, Redfall, Deadfall, whatever it is. Um, though it's buggy, while it's not, it was a lot of hype, and uh, from what I've been hearing, it's a shit game. Right now, it's getting a lot of negative reviews. But look at it from my standpoint. And I'm a game, I'm an Xbox Live Game Pass subscriber, ultimate subscriber, which means I have access to Game Pass. Therefore, when a game co- like Redfall comes to Game Pass, I can download it and try it out. So if it's buggier than uh, rotted meat, I don't have to worry about it. I just delete it. I didn't pay it. In essence, I didn't pay a dime for it. Right. But if you... So I can try it. That's why I, I don't want to pick up like the Halo Infinite. It's still buggier i don't like it so enough of that (laughs) uh i know you want to talk about a few other things as well well i think i'm gonna forget spider-man things it's mostly the mcu is kind of angling in uh what's her name something con who is uh the the miss marvel they're kind of um making her kind of like their new Spider-Man-esque kind of character. Um, Not like literally have spider powers, but to have like this teenage character that's learning from the more mature characters. Because eventually they're going to phase out, obviously, Spider-Man from the MCU. Kind of like um, with Riri Williams' Ironheart is replacing Iron Man. Um, But honestly, at the end of the day, the MCU eventually is just going to have to reboot anyway. Right now, they're already announcing X Men. They might as well just let's start. Right, and I, 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 I don't know if you're going to agree, and I, I'm not, not knocking Tom. Tom Holland is one of the in recent years one of the best Spider Men out there. Uh, with his run on the past three movies, he did a bang up job. I respect the fact that he wants to take you know take his time, take more time off because he, he even the article I read in regards to him stepping away from Spider-Man is because over the past many years, he's suffered a lot of stress and went to abuse, abused alcohol and all that to help deal, take the edge off. And he wants to take his time now in regards to the industry and take a few years off. So, uh, you know what, respect to him in regards to what he did a wonderful job as much, uh, as much as the fans, including myself would love to see him make a comeback or make a guest spot at some point. But if he needs to take time off, let him take the time off. Let him, you know. Look at it. Um, uh, what I know, you we have a, probably a few minutes left. What do you want to go into, Miss Madams? Well, obviously, the other big announcement, cinema-wise, is Madam Sasha. <laughs> after 
after all so many years we're finally getting beetlejuice too and honestly right. as a kid of the 80s i'm not that excited in fact no, it's I'm disappointed because it feels like a movie what 40 years too late right uh and if michael keaton wants to do it let him do it um i hope that i'll I'll have to sew the two videos together and I'll put them up either on Facebook or uh, I'll post them up on Facebook because it's a little bit more acceptable because I don't want to reshare them on YouTube or, uh, or Tiki Taki, but um, I'll put it up on Facebook. It, there is a, there, I saw it on TikTok, both parts. He had a, a Beetlejuice theory. Want to hear it? Um, go ahead. Oh, the fact um, they you tried to. I'll have to share it so you can see the video. But what he was saying is like they what they did was what happened to them. One, if you want to go with the fact that they are dead, they were not. Uh, what happened to them was not done by accident it was done on purpose because the dog he said if you look at where the dog was first seen in the movie the original movie it was coming out of the real estate agent that kept bugging them to sell their house so that dog he yes it seemed like a stretch he said that dog good chance the person not only was the real estate agent dabbled in some sort of dark arts because there was no way that dog could balance on a plank of wood keeping that car in balance and that's they, that real estate agent murdered those two people to kick off the, the movie and get it sold to the people that took up the house after their demise but he would also say he drew the um Comparison to the Martin Lawrence movie that was similar to uh, a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. Yeah. Uh, that. The Black Knight. They didn't. Black Knight. Um, I'm not going to judge the movie too much because I didn't really see Black Knight. I have. But he compared. Um, um, <laughs> but he compared it to as what Black Knight might be. He didn't. Meaning that they didn't die. They went to a different dimension hmm. where though you could claim that there is death parallels where some of the servants that helped out were, can be claimed as suicide uh, unalive victims, depending on where this is viewed. Uh, deaths have to serve those in the afterlife. This was just a, a realm occupied by monsters See, I don't really see that fans theory becoming any part of the movie because um, there was already like spec scripts for Beetlejuice 2 after the first Beetlejuice came out simply entitled Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And my brain immediately goes to that. But I'm like, Michael Keaton's a little too old to be dressed up as Beetlejuice and rocking a Hawaiian shirt. I would still pay to see it, but... I've just got a feeling <laughs> it's going to come off very much akin to what we got with Hocus Pocus. And with Hocus Pocus, that was only under 30 years time difference 
this is almost 40 years and it's kind of like eh, i get that the broadway show is doing excellent and the broadway show is its own thing but do we honestly need to revisit it sometimes one and done is great it's like all the rumors i keep hearing about yeah. you know a remake of death to, to death becomes her or a requel and i'm like no just sometimes movies are perfect yeah. as one and done you know? Yeah, I, I saw the, the Hocus Pocus sequel. Uh, it, it, for those who love it, it let me let me burst your bubble. It was more overrated than The Big Lebowski. More overrated. It didn't, the original never required a, a sequel. This was just a money grab by Disney. Oh, That's an advertisement this was for just, uh, Walgreens. Yeah. And it, it was just a nostalgia fest. That's all it was. Now, on the other hand, I can under because you brought up the whole aspect of seeing Michael Keaton dressed as Beetlejuice in a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, the Flash. Him appearing, him appearing in the new Flash movie as Batman can be some. The drama behind Idris Miller, how the heck you say their Ezra name? Miller. Yeah, Ezra Miller. Uh, despite the whole drama behind that particular person aside. They need to bury that movie. They just need to be done with it. But, they buried Batgirl, and Batgirl uh, also had a Michael Keaton scene in it, too, because Michael Keaton was set to... You know what? You know what? Let's bury the Flash movie and bring back the Batgirl movie. How about that? How yes. about that? That's a fair compromise, because we get Brendan Fraser and Michael Keaton Batman. There we go. Because... Uh, as much as many people would say, right? Yeah. Uh, as many people would say, well, Brandon, Brandon Fraser is a national treasure. He's humble. He's humble. He's humble. Like we need more Brandon Fraser in our life. So I'll say it like that. Uh, Yes. Well, I will gladly trade back girl for the flash. Right. Flash into the deepest, darkest pit of hell. And then we can have. Batgirl with Brendan Fraser and Michael Keaton. You get all of it without all the problems. But anyway, that, that, that's that's anywho. That's a different conversation and argument that me and Sasha could have for another day and another, you know, that probably requires a bunch of alcohol <laughs> on both sides. Or more of my pain meds because I look crispy fried at the moment. So. <laughs> So either way, well, as we like to say here, you know, um, we want you all to keep it or creep it real, take scare and unpleasant screams and make sure you're watching Long Coat Mafia podcast because he's got a few episodes up now. We have a few episodes on our YouTube channel. And we have a bunch of episodes, audio episodes and our back catalog uh, audio wise uh, links in the description, uh, hopefully and all that fun jazz. So feel free to check out our YouTube channel, Audio Aspects. We have 90 episodes on our most popular outlets. So check us out. All right. Peace and chicken grease.
everyone, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the reboot slash repost episode. If you have any questions, comments, or smart remarks, you can always send them my way at our email, which is longcoatmafia at gmail.com, or post them in the the pinned post on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash the longcoatmafia podcast. All the links are in the description down below. And just to let you know, this is the after show. And with the after show, a lot of what I am about to say or do say uh, is updates, my opinion on everything. Because when they are posted up on our Podbean account, differ slightly at times. So a lot could happen between then and this recording. So. I'm going to give you a couple of updates or my opinions on those updates as so be it. So just wanted to let you all know that now. All right. Gotcha. As stated time for rants, raves, and other. And as started stated at the start of the show, I wanted to get into Dead Island 2 a little bit more. Main reason is that the software that me and Sasha use has about an hour and a half time limit. And that's also why I tend to do this at the end of the show. That way you could hear all the context and so forth and so on. And one of the things I wanted to get into in regards to Dead Island 2 that I didn't really get into in the meat and taters of the show is that Dead Island 2 is kind of, at last reports, holding off content. And that is, for those out there that don't know, Dead Island had three base packages in regards to their content a base package which was just the game the middle tier package which was $75 which is what I picked up and that package came with I think an extra character and some skill tree cards if not at least some skill tree cards then you had the high end package which included the DLC season pass and the skill cards and if not the character now at the time of the game's release the company that puts out the game said hey we're sorry uh, what we're going to do is we're going we, we don't have these cards ready for you what we're going to do is we're going to be releasing these cards within a week of the game and then it came out saying hey uh, in an article i think it was on comicbook.com uh, saying that, hey, uh, we're sorry, uh, this these cards and stuff are not coming out within a week. It's coming out within the sometime later this year. Which, uh, it's by the time, in my eyes, by the time those cards, that stuff that the company promised, a lot of folks might have moved on from the game. They already played it. They moved on. They went to something else, whether it be Redfall. Yeah, right. Uh, the the she's the disaster that that game is or was, or like what I've done because uh, in the two weeks since I initially got Dead Island, uh, I started playing the Final Fantasy Pixel Remastered Collection. So there's that and. The thing is, it kind of reminded me of, you know, the whole aspect of Destiny 2. Uh, Folks at home who have, uh, remember my complaints in regards to Destiny 2, this, Destiny 2's been out for at least 
uh, as long as this program. And since that time, they they put out a couple of uh, extra content for the game. Not DLC, just extra content to the point that the game now is just a hodgepodge of a mess. And most people are leaving. If you Those that are still playing feel like if they leave the game, they lost money. And for the folks like myself who over the years that... I know I didn't buy all the extra content for it, but if you did, you'd be, and plus paid for each of the seasons over the past several years, you would have paid, had paid out, including the base game, 70, over $700. And right now, if you picked up the base game and all the DLC, you're still not playing the full game because after a certain point, they took out that content you cannot play that content and it this feels it it i say it because it kind of reminded playing dead island kind of reminds me of playing destiny 2 or to say it brings up those memories that i i have to i play i paid 75 dollars i gotta pay for that i gotta still play uh and the dlc rumored for dead island 2 it's just extra sections for uh, Dead Island 2. Uh, apparently, Dead Island 2, one of the things I wanted to bring up in regards to it was that you can... It, it, there's, like in the original Dead Island, oh, you want to go from this section to the se- this section, you just walk up to one of the maps and bring up that section, and it's like a fast travel system. That's what I was t- looking for, uh, thinking of. Fast travel. This, this game has a fast travel system, but where that fast travel system is... I haven't been able to see it. I haven't been able to access it. Who knows where it is? Uh, not to mention the repetitive quests that uh, is there. Um, not to mention you're only uh, to unlock certain sections of the game that might have uh, rare loot or rare sections. You need uh, fuses. And you're only able to hold two or three fuses at a time. And these fuses can be purchased at one of the shops that you come across. One of the vendors. And they only sell two two, uh, fuses at a time. Or if you need more fasteners or more items to craft with, they will only sell you a limited amount at a time. You can have enough funds to have... As many as you could carry, uh, in essence, not if you are able to carry 99, like in the previous game, or the OG version of Dead Island, if you were able to carry 99 crafting items, or of a crafting item, you're able to do so. This time, oh, we're sorry, you can only carry X number of that crafting item. And so therefore, but... There's so many problems. I'll get turned off of it, including the whole aspect of, again, lack of dropping in somebody else's game to help them out. Uh, It's just more and more problems. And it's turning off, I want to say, it's leading a lot of casual gamers away from things. And when you're a person on a budget like myself, uh, it gets hard to do. And right now, 
me picking up more games and doing research for this show as much as I want to be a part of Sasha's program. Yeah, am I going to continue to be a part of Sasha's program? But it's going to be hard to get things done with on my end due to, again, you probably noticed that this episode came out late than I wanted to. Main reason is is that my computer is starting to show its age. In the process of showing its age, it wants to lag, especially when there's updates. As you probably seen me uh, relate on Twitter more so than Facebook, that when there's updates, my computer has lag. In the process of editing this this program, there was so much lag, therefore it's late. And, and as of this section of recording, the computer, my computer has stalled at re- installing the rest of its current at 20%. It refuses to go any higher. And from what my computer has told me, there's another update it needs to download in which it has stalled at 10%. So therefore... If you see this episode posted, please, if you're out there and you're, I know times are tight, there are a few things on our uh, Amazon uh, wish list that are there. If you're able to help us out with that, please do so. Uh, If not, uh, I might have to do the whole aspect of a GoFundMe route, so because we here at the show, though we have enough funds to maintain our audio podcast, we do not have enough funds for new equipment. And with new equipment being, in our eyes, expensive, yes, we could do a pawn shop find and get a new decent laptop for $300. It's still how long that laptop will last we don't know. We here at the show don't know. Or, or if we want to get a new in-box laptop, that would cost us $600. And that's kind of pricey in our eyes. I know several of our friends have stated, hey, you could go through the uh, private lending co- company, just that if they look at our credit, it's not that our credit is bad though it probably is, it's just that one of the credit reporting agencies has decided to put a ID theft protection on our on my credit and therefore I can't do anything. And therefore, into, meaning I have to call one of the, not just one, but all the credit, comp, uh, credit reporting companies to try to have this identity theft protection which I didn't authorize to be lifted so I'm able to either rebuild my credit or get some sort of credit or loan to be able to get new equipment so I am legitimately SOL or shit out of luck at this point so uh, if you want to help us out please uh, email us at longcoatmafia at gmail.com or what have you, if you have any ideas, leave a uh, email us or leave us a comment on our Facebook page. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash the Long Coat Mafia podcast or leave a comment on the pin post that's up there or one of the other 
post that might be up and I'll see it and take care of it. Or head on over to our YouTube channel and DM us there. We'll, we'll be more than happy to get in touch with you. That's it for this episode. See you when we're able to post as often as we can. We'll try to do it. We'll try to somehow get this computer updated and try to get more content out to you in a timely manner. Thank you very much. I'm the Reverend Godfather, a.k.a. the Martinsburg Madman, and I am out of here. You've been listening to the Long Coat Mafia Podcast, the Internet's most hated and mafia-themed geek podcast.